no All right, are we ready? <laughs> hello and ev- <laughs> hello and everyone. Hello everyone. <laughs> and welcome to our podcast that we are so good at. Um thank you everybody for listening. This is your little sisters productions. <laughs> Sorry, I can't you even can get talk. through it. Okay. This is Missed Opportunities, brought to you by Your Little Sisters Productions. I'm Taya. I'm Laura. (laughs) We are so good at intros. Anyway, um, thank you so much for uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, We um, do it on Anchor here, but you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please tell your friends, share the link, all that good stuff. You can find us on our social media and let us know what topics you want us to cover if there's any movies you want us to review or talk about um let us know on instagram or facebook you can also check us out on youtube our channel um has short films and our web series up you can also check us out at tayjoy flake that's t-a-i-a-j-o-y-f-l-a-k-e slash patreon um and there are two with our beautiful logo on it that are um, that you can support either this podcast or you can support our YouTube channel. Lots of great goodies for anybody who um, signs up for that. Moving on, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just butchered that too. Find us That's on Facebook, fun. guys. <laughs> well, like Instagram. We don't have Twitter because Twitter refuses to believe that we are real. Yeah, we're for fake. some reason we're fake according to Twitter. But also, definitely go check out our youtube channel soon because once i'm moved because i'm moving to a new house we are hoping to start putting up more videos we have not been able to for a long time because of circumstances so keep a lookout probably by christmas i'm hoping to have one new video up on our youtube channel hopefully more yeah we put out we put out a christmas video last year too um (laughs) Or the year before. I don't remember. We put out a Christmas video at some point. <laughs> I want to say it was last year. Good. <laughs> I don't remember, though. Um, but uh, we will be able to do more now. So we've kind of just been focusing on the podcast. But we will be have more videos up on YouTube soon. Yes. But okay, now, so- to this week's topic. Well, we got to talk about your topic which is what you did this weekend and what you saw i saw top gun maverick and it's one of my new favorites now finally (laughs) i could talk about it with you (laughs) i know i wanted to see it for so i am so glad i saw it in theaters i want to see it again in theaters and i want i will i mean this is a cool idea for a house and i've always toyed with the idea of this where you set a projector up set up a projector and then one of your walls is your screen yeah instead of having a tv i don't know how that works with dvds and wi-fi i have no idea how it works with none of that i always thought it would be cool and i told my husband i wanted that specifically just so i could watch maverick on a giant screen again yes it is it is really good on a big screen it's very it's meant for big screen for sure yes which People, with with what happened during the pandemic and everything, streaming, I mean, streaming before that was a thing, 
not to the degree or level that it became pandemic for reasons, obviously. And I miss movies that are made to be shown on giants that you can still enjoy at home afterward by the DVD, but you go for the experience of seeing it on the big screen. And it's a once or twice or however many times you're able to see it in a lifetime experience. And now they have this really cool thing, which I am not even kidding. I'm seriously considering doing this where you can rent out a theater in a movie theater. You rent it out for X amount of money. You can invite however many friends fit in that theater and they will show a movie. It's a private screening. That's actually how I saw Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) That is? No, see, I didn't know that. Whose birthday was it? Or was it just a... It was a it was a church thing. That's right. The church put together an activity. Yes. So and that was that was the activity. And I did not sign up soon enough. And so they had and they had sold out. But they, of course, let me in because certain people didn't show up and the theater wasn't full. So that's why I saw it really close up, very (laughs) much closer than I've ever sat naturally. Um, But it was still really good. And I did not get dizzy. I think we've talked about that before. I didn't get motion sickness, which <laughs> happens to me in movies. So I was very happy about it. But it was, it's such a good movie. Like, I just want to start um, saying that, uh, sorry, our neighbors are coming. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah, I'm Okay. Okay, sorry. A bunch of people are coming to our house right now. Why? And I don't know. I don't know who they are. Interesting. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, pause our recording. And I will see what they are doing, okay? <laughs> okay. And I'll message you when um, I'm ready, okay? Okay. So- Okay, so sorry about that, um, but some show of goodwill. Uh, so our neighbors, um, one of our neighbors has property and in a cabin, and she had some trees fall down, and she asked um, our um, church leader, our local church leader, um, to our bishop is what we call him, um, to come and and see if he could chop up the trees and do something good with them. And he had about like 20 boys out here, scared the crap out of me, but (laughs) brought like two truckloads of wood and just unloaded it on our lawn um, for firewood for the winter. So uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So scared me to death, but it was actually very sweet of them. Like, seriously, like, 20 boys ranging from, like, 10 to, uh, like, 20 uh, <laughs> age range. Like, wow. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like, there's just there's just a ton of random people in my yard. And two truckloads of uh, wood are now stacked on our lawn. So we have, we have wood for the winter. Um, and for those of you who are confused by that sentence, um, my parents live in a log cabin that is heated by a fireplace. <laughs> in Arizona um so and you're in a place in Arizona where it actually gets cold during the winter (laughs) yes it does snow up here and if that is shocking to you sorry to burst your bubble but it does snow in Arizona (laughs) 
not where I live in Arizona, but <laughs> yeah, where I where I'm at in Arizona, it definitely snows in the winter. Um, so where I'm at, it stays a balmy seventy degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, winter is the best down there. Summer, not so much, but winter is yeah, definitely summer is hot. If I could have summer up where you are, and then we could have winter down here where I am. I mean, that's what I've been trying to do for years, and I keep ending <laughs> up like in the valley, the hot part of the of Arizona in the summer, and then up here for the cold in the winter. You've got it. You've got it mixed up to air. You have to switch it. I know. I'm bad at I'm bad at snowboarding, which is what we call people who live um, it, live in Arizona in the hot part during the wonderful the times of the year, the winter, and then they go to either Canada or Alaska or Minnesota somewhere somewhere else during the summer um snowboarding life goal (laughs) (laughs) you'll get it someday I believe in you anyway we were before that we were talking about how Laura had just seen um Top Gun Maverick yes and I want to see it in theaters like I'm seriously considering seeing how much it costs for my birthday to rent a movie theater and be the movie or if no it will not still be playing by the time my birthday comes around no matter how much money it makes I don't think any theater will still be actively playing it probably not so yeah I'm gonna look I really want to look into it because it was so much fun to see it on the big screen it's one of those movies that is just fun to see on the big screen And dear heavens, have I missed seeing movies like that. Lately, it feels as though most every movie that I've gone out to see has just been so-so or been a big disappointment or, oh my goodness. I just really, really liked it. It was a really fun movie. I normally don't like cussing in movies very much. And all the times that they cuss in the movies, I was right there with, I don't cuss, but I was right there with them. Like, yeah, I can see why you would use that word in this situation. (laughs) Like you're in battle. Your life is at stake. Yeah. Even though I don't cuss, I was thinking basically the same thing that you were. I really liked that they didn't downplay Maverick so if you've never seen the first Top Gun or the second, which you don't absolutely have to see the first Top Gun to see the second, you were right about that. Though we did watch the first one after we saw Maverick because we were curious. I So <laughs> now that I've seen both of them for comparison, he is, I think you've called Harry Potter this before, a static hero. He, his story doesn't really, I mean, he has a bit of an arc in, top, in the first Top Gun. I don't want people after me yes he has an arc yes he has an arc but the way he ends up at the end of top gun he is that person in top gun maverick and he has new things to overcome but he is still essentially the same person they didn't downplay his awesomeness or what he did because he did some really stuff in top gun really impressive took out some enemy aircraft and he did it in style, and he flew more reckless faster than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And then he does the same thing in Maverick. 
He flies faster than anybody else. He takes down some enemy aircraft. He shows everybody that he's still the best flight. Flight? Pilot. Pilot. That's the word I'm looking for. He's still the best pilot that they have in the Navy. Yes. I, I really, really like that they kept that. Yeah, they... They kept his character very consistent. There was no, um, like, character assassination with it, which was really nice. And even with um, Iceman, who who does have a character arc <laughs> between the two movies, because oh, he's, yeah, he's like the jerk in the first movie. Um, he is uh, sort of the, he's the rival of Maverick, but he's also just not the nicest guy ever. Um, and he really has a hard time with Maverick. He always is having a problem with him. And then in the second movie, you see Maverick has this person who is looking out for him this entire time, making sure that um, all of his disciplinary actions are actually in line with <laughs> what he wants kind of a thing. And it turns out that it's Iceman, which was Val Kilmer, which was so moving to me. <laughs> like, um if you don't know the, the story behind Val Kilmer, um, he is an amazing actor and he was diagnosed with a medical condition involving uh, his throat and his vocal cords. And so he has not been able to do movies or to speak um, regularly for years. Like it's been a very long time that he has been struggling with this. So to see him in the movie and they utilized uh, his real life um, experiences and medical conditions in the movie and they did it so beautifully. And then we actually get, you know, he, he only has like one line and really, <laughs> you know, like most of the time he's talking through a computer or texting Maverick and like, I don't know. I, it just, it was like so pure heartwarming to, to see that and be like, Oh my gosh. Like it's sort of like the Brendan Fraser Fraser, um, phenomenon that's going on right now where like people are just rallying behind him like that's how I felt in the movie theater with Val Kilmer on the screen because I went with people who are my age you know in their um, 30s and stuff so they all know Val Kilmer <laughs> from all the wonderful movies he's been in over the years and so when they saw him like everybody was with me you know like everybody knew what was going on and they're like oh my gosh he's in the movie and oh my gosh that's him and then oh my gosh he spoke like that's so amazing you know like I don't know it was just like we were all rallying around Val the fact that he was in the movie and it was so poetically like just well done um so yeah, he has more of an arc than Maverick does, but I think that they treated it really well. Like you could tell that they were rivals. You could tell they had that little banter, but at the same time, like they just both really respected each other after the events of the first movie and into this one. Yeah. Maverick ends up being a hero, not just in that he took down an enemy aircraft, but that he saved the pilots on the mission in the yeah. way that he did it. And I actually did not know that that was why Val Kilmer hadn't been in movies recently. I thought, I just thought he'd been in things that I hadn't seen. He retired because he's definitely made enough movies over the years to get income from that. And I love Val Kilmer. I'm younger than you, not by that, but I'm younger than you. <laughs> so I also know who Val Kilmer is and I love him in movies. And I didn't know that that was real. I thought that, 
that was something they just put in the movie for the character of Iceman. So knowing that that's real and they let it, they've made it part of the movie just makes me respect this movie so much more. They didn't do the, we're going to have a stand in and CGI Val Kilmer's face over his no. Star Wars move. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they let it be part of the story. Yeah, I really, they, liked, I, didn't, I had no idea. I thought, I thought that was acting. I truly did. No, the voice was... part. Of course. <laughs> the voice part. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it, I don't know, there, there was so much good in this movie, and even the CGI that they did use, which um, they only use, and I didn't want to tell you about this before, because um, the jet that they, and spoilers, we're going to talk about spoilers, okay? <laughs> spoilers for Top Gun Maverick, um, but the jet that they steal, um, that fight in the air had to be CGI'd, because they couldn't get footage of it, uh, because apparently, um, and this is, I'm hearing it from someone else who heard it from somewhere, so forgive me. But from what I understand is that they, there's only one of those jets in, uh, like, available to anybody. And it was in a museum. They took it apart and brought it to set and put it back together. And when they put it back together, it did not run. They could not get it to fly. And so the stolen jet, the outside of it um, is CGI'd. And the inside of it um, is a different jet. Um, so, but, th- but I mean, even that, like that, that was that, that was the, that, and it was because they couldn't make the, that specific jet fly. Um, so everything else was practical effects. The actors had to go up and uh, they had to learn how to fly. They had to go up and do their scenes by themselves and then come down. The director would watch the footage tell them yes or no um and then all of the of the ships flying through the canyons and stuff was also um practical effects of of somebody with a camera you know shooting (laughs) filming the 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 jets um and i'm sure that there was more cgi than just that one jet i'm sure that there was other things but overall it was a lot of practical effects they utilized the age of the actors, they utilize the story, the nostalgia, just really, really well. I really liked this movie because it was just, it was just done well and it was just a happy movie. And th- that is a huge spoiler that it has a happy ending because <laughs> the whole time I was like, people keep telling, like I, people keep telling me that this is a great movie and that they're rewatching this movie, which makes me think that it's not a sad, like it can't be a tragic ending. Because if it was, people wouldn't want to rewatch it. They'd be like, oh, yeah, it's good. But tragedies, you can really only watch once to have that impact. Um, But this one, despite his best efforts, Maverick does not die trying to save (laughs) Goose's son. And Goose's son does not die trying to save Maverick. They both try really hard, but they fail. And it is a happy ending. (laughs) I mean, it's movie well an old-fashioned let me let me backtrack it is what hollywood used to be they're calling tom cruise the last great movie star and i mean he puts out good movies not not every movie he does is great looking at you mummy not a great tom cruise 
<laughs> not a great song for this moment, but he does put out a lot of good movies. He also tries to do as many of his own stunts as they will allow him, which I think at this point, they just let him do whatever. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if, they, if anyone can tell Tom Cruise no. As far as I know, he and Jackie Chan are some of the only ones who do all or 90 something percent of their stunts on their own yeah the funny thing is so jackie chan is pretty much known for doing his own stunts the one time he did not do his own stunts was in shanghai nights the second one to shanghai noon um Mm -hmm. and the guy won an oscar (laughs) his stunt double won like a stunt double uh oscar for doing jackie chan's stunts and he's like what (laughs) I've been doing my own stunts forever, and the one time I don't, the Poor guy gets an award. It's anyway, okay. I got, I think he's gotten an Oscar by now, if I remember correctly. He's gotten lots I'm, of awards. I'm sure, and if he doesn't, the world loves him, so it's fine. It was just funny. <laughs> the one time it always is. So they're calling Tom Cruise the last great movie star. It had so many great things about it, Top Gun Maverick. It knew its focus and it kept that will also let the focus was mainly maverick which is called top gun maverick so even though he's teaching a new generation at top gun school which is what what they call the flight fighter school for the navy you and you get to know the ones who are essential to the story enough that you feel for them, when they're in danger, you feel for them. You don't want them to get hurt or injured or dead. Right. But Maverick is the main point. And the younger ones, yes, they're smart alecky and they want to, they put a bet out the first day when they're up and flying a drill with him. You know, you shoot, it's a, they don't actually shoot each other. It's a little laser beam thing that beeps when they if they were at the enemy they could have shot you they're doing a drill and they say hey 200 push-ups to the loser and they're so confident that they're gonna they're the ones who came up with the number not maverick they're the ones who come up with the bet not maverick and he's like yeah okay all of them end up doing 200 push-ups every single one of them no one outflies maverick or gets him in their sights and it humbly i think that's necessary to have an instructor that can outdo you, at least at the very beginning, because that is the point. You need someone who is better than you to teach you how to get to their level, how also to be better. Right. And, and that's kind of a, a big part of the story is like, and that's even on the commercial is who the heck are they going to get to teach us? Like we're the best of the best, like who's going to teach us. And, and it is Maverick. And then you have, the yep maverick actually is better than all of you amazing uh cadets or whatever you are i don't know what they are um like all of you top gun students he's better than you (laughs) like i i really like that that scene of how they did it because everybody had a different strategy and a different time of how they wanted to do it and you really saw the problems with their strategies for instance like the um the one guy left his wingman all the time and the the son of rooster um who's the son of goose like he was so cautious about everything like he was willing to sacrifice himself for his wingman but he also 
was so cautious about things that he wasn't getting the missions done. You know what I mean? So that was his weakness. This was his weakness. This was her weakness. Like they, they showcased it all beautifully while it's being super entertaining because you're watching, you know, Maverick be like the super awesome hero, which we just don't see anymore. And, uh, and then all the kids have to do <laughs> the push-ups, which was funny, you know, like it was just very well told and it's a super, super simple story. Yeah. Um, but they told it. They told it really you well. Like that, you don't need complicated stories. In fact, a lot of the times, if not done well, and it's hard to do a complicated story well enough to be a really good movie, a simple story is the best method because you can do so much with it, so much good with it. And simple right. stories are the ones that show human nature, and those are the ones that last. For example, look at Jane Austen. Pride and Prejudice, super, super simple story. They hate each other. And then they grow to love each other over time. They overcome certain prides and prejudices. And yeah, a couple side things happen, but the story is very simple. They meet, they keep getting thrown into the same society over and over again. Love story happens. Yeah. But it's done so often. It's still so well known to this day. Because Jane Austen understood human nature and what people with these personalities in this social circle at this time would do and say. And it fascinates us to watch people do that. So watching Maverick go up against all these other top of the line pilots was exciting because much more experience in them and that's another thing experience matters even if you're the top in your field if you go up against someone else who's the top in their field but they have 30 years on you they're gonna know some stuff that you don't just purely based on life experience and experience doing the thing they're gonna have seen things you haven't and learned things and have probably better muscle memory and instincts for some things because they've been doing it longer so i really like that they showed the reality of when you go somewhere, you start off, even if you're at the top of your field, but then you go and someone's better than you, that's where you start. You start lower and then you work hard to get up there, overcome whatever weaknesses or deficiencies you have. I also liked the team building that he had them do. The volleyball? The volleyball, yeah, when they, or and it wasn't volleyball, they, the volleyball was in the first Top Gun. In Maverick, they were on the beach and they, they were doing offense and defense at the same time. They had two different footballs, a blue and a red, I think. And they had to do offense and defense at the same time with the two balls going back and forth. And the person who was in charge of the school comes and he asks why instead of training. And he said, you wanted me to build a team, sir. It's not just about training them in the in the air with the planes is also about building a team and you see just everybody having fun and yes there's some egos and stuff but everybody's able to be themselves and that's how you build a team having time together and I I don't know I It gave me goosebumps because we don't see really good team building like that in movies anymore. So so many times now it's one person comes along and they're the greatest and they don't have to team build and they don't have to learn anything because they're already the greatest. Or they're and, in like a life or death situation like the Spider-Man's uh, 
coming together. Like they're in this life or death situation. So they don't have time to like team build. So they have to like put it in between the, the big action sequences. And so you can't like, you don't you get know what I mean? time to breathe and yeah, like it's, it's, it's really well-placed one-liners rather than showing team building. And, and even though it's a very short part of the movie, like that scene's not very long for no. how much internet play it got. <laughs> like Miles Teller's like bare chest is all over the internet right now, but <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's not a very long scene. Like he, like it literally is like the length of a TikTok, and, but it's, it's so impactful one because it shows that Maverick understands people. And even though he claims that he doesn't and he's horrible at teaching and whatever, but like, he doesn't say it's horrible, but, um, but basically it shows that he understands teamwork and he understands like when you are up there, you need to think of these people as people. And that's hard to do when you don't, when you just listen to them over the radio or you don't, you have sort of like the military mindset of get mission done, you know, whatever. Having them do that team building, having them sort of understand each other on a different level. I don't know. It was so, it was really good storytelling. Like bottom line, it was just really good storytelling. And like you said, like, it's a really simple story and I think of like, um, like Harry Potter, which we talk about a lot on, it has extremely simple stories, but what it does is it spends a lot of time in the world. Like the books are really thick, but most of that is just spending time in the world and going to school and learning the, the different spells. And, and every now and then she throws in this detail that becomes really important, but I mean, you could sum up the, the, the stories pretty quickly and I think that that is something as a writer like that's something that they are constantly telling new writers is like you have to be able to sum up your story because if it's a simple story that we can comprehend then we're going to fall in love with the characters and the world building and everything like that if it's super complex and you can't describe it then it's probably not good because in order to pull something huge like that off, you, again, you have to have the 30 years of experience in order to pull that off well. And so new writers, <laughs> new storytellers keep it simple and focus on like the characterization, the, the getting a clean story out. I think this is the first movie with just such a clean story Yes. In such a long time. And um, I recently rewatched The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, not Tom, <laughs> not Tom Cruise. Um, I haven't seen the Tom Cruise one. I don't know. I heard it was bad. And so I just never ended up watching it. Oh, well, now but... I want you to watch it for the podcast as much as I love <laughs> Tom Cruise. Well, right, we'll no, have to watch it for missed opportunities. But, but I watched the 1989 version and I... Well, first of all, now I know, like, who ruined me for all other men, freaking Rick O'Connell. Like, that relationship <laughs> is so wonderful. Like, like they that. Have a they have relationship. Such, like, okay, like, watching the movie, you see him, like, the second he meets her, and, like, she gets him out of jail and everything. Like, that moment he just decides, like... I am her protector. I am in charge of keeping her alive. 
forever. Like, you know, like you just see the decision and everything he does is like he, as, as soon as something goes bad, he takes care of her. He pushes her behind it. He grabs her hand. He does that. And she, of course, has like her own opinions and she stands up to him. She's never afraid of him. She's never bowing to him. She's never relying on him you know like she saves his uh, life a couple times too several times like so many him away times. from the bullets because he's busy loading the gun la 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 and she sees the bullets getting closer and closer so she pulls him away her knowledge well, of I'm, egyptian things help them time and again like yeah she just you know she saves his life he saves her life but they just fall into sync so well like their chemistry is so beautiful watching that movie and I was thinking about it. I was like, they just don't, they don't understand, I feel like, how to tell this type of relationship anymore. So, like, I don't know. Movies nowadays just don't know how to, how to portray that. And I don't know if it's actors, directors, writers, whatever, because I feel like a lot of the things that, that you see the two of them doing in that 1999 film, you see them doing it. It, it just happens so naturally. And it's like, did they write that? Did they, did the director tell them? Or was it really just the actors like finding those little things? Like you see, like you immediately see that his reaction to things, like he turns around, sees the bad guy, immediately blocks her from the bad guy. He um, finds out that the guy's there, immediately goes to her you know like everything is is about her and and keeping her safe and you just I was just like oh this is the relationship I want like what is going on this is why like no <laughs> men can can live up to this standard like Disney princes had nothing on Rick O'Connor Rick O'Connell I know I loved Rick O'Connell and the thing is, they in the Mummy, nineteen ninety nine, they knew their strength. She didn't yes. try to be him, and he didn't try to be her, because that's not where their strength lied. Yes, they taught each other things along the way, teaching her how to throw a punch and whatnot. But she's not doing it so she can take over or become better than him. I feel as though. There are some things, especially if it's done by Disney now, where he would teach her how to punch and the next day she'd be able to play as well, if not better than him, magically, right. and be able to yeah. take down these 200-pound guys, even though she's a skinny little thing. And it's just not realistic without superpowers, which they maybe, maybe would probably just even give her, <laughs> just magically. She yeah. had her strengths. She had a lot of knowledge behind her. She knew the hieroglyphs. She knew the stories. In the history, she knew where things could be found, and she had a lot of bravery and stubbornness, and a lot of other qualities going for her. And he also had stubbornness, and he knew how to fight and protect and what to do in certain situations. He could think calmly in yeah, battle situations. He had very good survival instincts. Yes, and they just worked well together because they knew their place in that place was if there are hieroglyphs i'm the one reading them because i'm the one who can read them and you're the one who's gonna stand watch and shoot any bad guys or mummies that come because you're the one with the guns and the knowledge of how to shoot and they're not trying to take over each other's things and it is okay now say it was this exact same movie but 
gender role reverse where you had a, a woman who happened to be really knowledgeable with guns and battle and and like Atlantis. Yeah. Which I haven't seen in ages, not in years and years, but Atlantis. He's the intelligent one and she's with a lot of knowledge and she's does she fight? I don't I haven't seen it in, since I was a kid. <laughs> she's like, yeah, she's like yeah. Okay, see, but it works because they both know their strengths and they don't try to overstep. They can teach each other things. They can learn from each other. But knowing your strengths, that's how when you go into situations, especially that are life and death, how you win. You know your strength. You play to your strength. You know your partner's strength so that you can also play off their strength. And that's why team building is important, which is why I really loved also in Maverick that they yes they were competitive with each other to a great degree but they also knew that their lives depended on each other up in the air they wanted everyone to be the best they could be yeah exactly without that if you don't have a good wingman you're gonna die because your wingman isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing so you better step up to the plate up to the plate and then i i really really love that i love that it was realistic Ooh. to and I think... go ahead. Sorry, it's realistic to the threat that they were facing. They were trying to do a flight mission that no one had ever attempted before in the aircraft that they were supposed to be using. And there were so many things out, out there that could kill them if they weren't spot on. And they said, you know, it takes two miracles. Number one miracle is this, number two miracle is that. And they managed to do it, but they weren't able to do until they saw Maverick go through the, the simulation that they had set up and be able to do it in real time. Everyone thought it was impossible. All of them were getting things wrong until they saw him do it. And then they believed that they could also reach that, reach that same potential. It's the four minute mile phenomenon all over again. Yeah, it really is. Which if you don't know what the four minute mile phenomenon is I might have spoken on it before, but it's one of my favorite. No one thought that a four-minute mile was possible. No one. It was deemed an impossibility until the person whose name I'm forgetting ran a recorded four-minute mile. I'm sure other people in the world in history had run four-minute miles before, but it hadn't been recorded for others to know. So the first recorded man runs a four-minute mile, and all of a sudden all around the world running four minute miles, getting you recorded and on the record. And now it's pretty standard for someone in college who does running to be able to do a four minute mile or even in high school. It's very standard now, something that was thought to be an impossibility until someone did it. And that's like, yeah, it's like breaking the ceiling of what is possible. It's like, well, now someone has done it. So we know it's possible. We know it is something that we can achieve. Whereas if you just keep trying it and you're not succeeding, you feel like this is impossible. And they really showcase that well in the movie Maverick. Another thing that they do that the mummy does just because we were talking about that, but like, is like you were saying, utilizing each person's strength. Well, hangman um, is not chosen for the mission because he leaves his people hanging right um but he is really good at what he does and he ends up saving them in the end when they are in an old ship that's not working properly and they can't eject and somebody has targets on them and they're going for him and hangman was 
uh, their like reprieve, you know, like so if something went wrong, he was supposed to go up. But he was told, he was told, yeah, standby. He was told not to go up, but he, of course, he did anyway because that's his character. We've already shown that he doesn't listen to people, you know, like he has a problem with authority. But, and then he ends up saving them, right? Because we, we've established what his character was. We established the, the things, the barriers in his way. And then he got to have his hero moment that was completely different from rooster's character who was so cautious constantly cautious that he wasn't fulfilling any of his missions because he wouldn't go he wouldn't fly fast enough right he wouldn't fly that fast and so he wasn't accomplishing the missions in time and so you see like comes down to he has to get it on time he has to do he has to push himself and he goes through the same thing that maverick goes through like talking to his dad who has passed away in the first movie and he is able to go fast like each person was able like each character was able to do the thing you know that that they needed to do in order to tell this this story and everybody wanted to do the same thing. Like everybody wanted to go on the mission and do the thing. And, but not everybody got to, but everybody got to do what they, what they needed for their character arc. And that's something that they did in the mummy that they used to do in movies all the time is establish this character needs something and then give them their moment to shine. Nowadays, mm-hmm. I feel like that's not really a priority in movies and things like that. Like, Having good characters just isn't a good priority well, in movies right now. I'm gonna backtrack just a, just a tiny, tiny bit back to give the characters what they need. Another thing that I really liked was there is a moment in the movie when they're practicing the they're going through the it's, I call it simulation. It's a real valley, but they they put it on their the is it radars or scanners or something? They yes. My the basically set up a valley to be just like the real mission that they're going to go on, so they can practice the exact timing and the exact positioning. And one of the people goes into what's called G lock when you're going so fast and in this jet that you you have so many they call them G's, it's gravitational pull. And Maverick said in the movie, you're going to feel or maybe even actually have 2,000 pounds of force, your lungs are going to crush, you're going to have to fight to stay conscious because you have so much gravity force pounding down on you. It's something that takes incredible amount of tuning your body to get used to. One of them goes into what's known as G-lock. They pass out essentially because of the amount of gravitational force that's on them. And they go and they they manage to help him and save him and and no one makes fun of him. No one talks down to him. No one does thinks of him differently or is mean to him or in any way. They're all supportive and they're all there for each other, which I also really love. I love that they didn't downplay the danger and didn't get angry or minimize or demasculinize or de- make them make you feel as though that character is not as good as others because they went into G-Lock. Because they all know that it could happen to any of them just as easily. Right. And And I wanted, I haven't seen it in a while. I know that the girl whose name I forget, 
um phoenix i think her, is called name phoenix yeah i'm pretty sure that's her name phoenix um and her partner they're i don't remember why but they're they're playing crashes at one point and they have to eject and get rescued yeah. and that was another time that was another time that i think the um the camaraderie was really apparent because everybody was more like they what happened was a malfunction and something but every like nobody looked down on phoenix and or anything like that they just the gravity of the situation <clears throat> the gravity of the mission that they were going on was just like that was just anteed up you know it was like wow when he was talking about like um the g-lock whatever like that's a real thing when he was talking about like we're pushing our our planes to the limits that was a real thing like in rehearsal we have all experienced these things that he's talked about and um i really love that the way that they deal with that you know what i mean like it was there was never any social commentary or anything it was just like we're in this together and we just realized that how that that we are we are willingly going into this mission in a and it and it just got that much more dangerous you know like we are willingly going into this mission that is so dangerous (laughs) that all these bad things that could happen are happening during rehearsal like they could happen in in during the real you know fight and, and these some people are top of the top none of them are slacking all of them know what to do she did as much as could be done her and one of her engines caught on fire and then the fire spread and she did everything she stayed calm she did everything she was supposed to do she said it out loud she you know people were able to hear over the comms that she was doing everything and it wasn't her fault it was a malfunction that couldn't be stopped right and that and then they had to eject because they, they did everything they could. And so these are the top of the top and you're still seeing stuff like that happening. It makes it very real that you could be best in the world and still have something go horribly wrong, potentially fatal. And I really like that they that they showed that. And you could see everybody's different strengths and personalities from the beginning and how they worked together. It was just a really good movie. And I really liked the character of Maverick. I thought it was he it was fun. I liked that he snuck out of his girlfriend's window like he was a teenager. Yeah. And then still got caught by the teenage daughter. Like immediately. Like he literally jumps in front of her. I thought that was great. It was so funny. And she's just standing and she has a she has a plastic on with a star or heart or something like that. I mean, she looks like an actual, thank heavens, it looks like they cast an actual teenager to play a teenager in something. And she looks like a teenager, not in time. She couldn't in no way take him on physically because he's a grown man. She's a little 14 or 15 year old boppy teenager. And she looks scary as old get out with the look she's giving him. <laughs> My mm-hmm. husband got scared for a second. He's like, dang. That look, though, looks could murder because <laughs> don't hurt my mom again because they had had an on again, off again thing from before. I'm pretty sure. So we watched the first Top Gun and we said she must 
the trainer because in the first Top Gun, he falls in love with his trainer. And we said, it must be, it's a different actress, but it must be the trainer. And they didn't work out. And so years later, they come back. No, the character's no. name Penny is mentioned in Top Gun a couple times as the Admiral's daughter that he had had a, had a relationship with. And that bit. And everyone would tease him relationship with the Admiral's daughter and then it not working out. And that's her. I had no idea. So I'm, I'm glad that we went back and watched the first one so I knew who she was. Yeah, I, I knew. I, yeah. She's not I like the I also, every time I see people in movies on motorcycles, I really, really love riding motorcycles. I've been on them a couple of times but I also am so aware of how extremely dangerous they are even if you gear up and all the right helmets and jackets and boots and everything how extremely dangerous they are even if you're a good driver other drivers on the road are idiots sometimes which is how accidents happen someone doesn't pay attention or doesn't know how to drive correctly in a situation and so I got I saw him riding his motorcycle throughout the whole movie and the whole time I was just thinking I want to ride a motorcycle but I'm so scared I'm going to be smushed and scraped off the road with a giant scapula machine yeah so that's another that's just a random that has nothing to do with anything with the movie other than I'm jealous that Tom Cruise gets to ride around on motorcycles yeah he rides on motorcycles in quite a few movies (laughs) he rides on motorcycles in quite a few movies I know, but. and I'm always jealous because I want to be on a motorcycle, <laughs> but at the same time, I refuse to uh, to get a motorcycle and make it a daily thing of any sort because I'm so terrified that I'll be crushed to death. So yeah, I'm just basically I, jealous of anyone who gets to ride around motorcycles on movie sets. I honestly, um, I agree. I really love motorcycles. I used to love them a lot more, but I have had too many experiences with motorcycle crashes, and so I will stay away from motorcycles, but I do still like watching them in movies, so I appreciate Tom Cruise. I loved the sort of throwback to him racing the jet in the first movie and and doing Mm -hmm. it again in this one. Um, They had a lot of really good throwbacks. It didn't feel like too much. It didn't feel as though they were relying on the first movie to make you like this one, but it was enough that if you'd seen the first movie and you liked it, you got the reference and it made you smile and then they moved on with the current story. Yeah. And I loved hearing all of the behind the scenes stuff. Like um, in the original Top Gun, when he flies too close to the tower, which is a big part of the story, um, they actually ruined a tower, like literally. And then in this movie, when he top of them and like the roof comes off that was not planned that just happened and they ruined the set so they couldn't do it again so that's the first take <laughs> that's the safety uh, gate or you all get one shot yep but yeah I so Top Gun Maverick is just a good movie it's like like I said it's not the best movie ever made it's just such a refreshing oh. simple story great characters happy ending like, but still has emotional pull to it. Like, you see the emotional turmoil, and and um, Iceman passes away, and that's really sad. But it's emotional. But it's like, it's such a, it's just a well told story that at the end, 
you can see that you can see like Maverick very much does not expect himself to live through this mission. And when he sees the opportunity to save Goose's son, he goes for it. He ends up, you know, um, ejecting and behind enemy lines, he's almost killed. And then, (laughs) and then Rooster is, comes and saves him and he's like what are you doing i'm supposed to save you what were you thinking and then the best line in the world you told me not you to told think me not to think <laughs> i love I that's the best line in the that. movie that's the best moment i in think my opinion, best- running, running at rooster and he's running so fast are you okay and he makes sure to yell out are you okay before he reaches him because if he's not he's gonna help him but the second he says yeah i'm okay he pushes him down because he's an idiot for doing what he did he's like he was like i'm i was so prepared to die for you that was the point of this whole thing was that i was gonna die for you and and his son like and rooster just was having none of it which by the way i have a nephew named rooster and i love that the kid's name is rooster it's not his real name it's just his call sign but um it's my nephew's real name so i was really happy with the fact that his name was rooster (laughs) especially since he was the son of goose just made me happy but anyway Rooster, like, um, he's like, the whole time he's telling him, like, because he's so cautious that Maverick is telling him, you have to, um, you have to, like, you have to stop thinking about it and just rely on your instincts and stuff like that. Like, don't think, don't think. And then he's like, he's like what were you thinking? You told me not to think. And then the reaction, <laughs> like, the best part of that whole thing is the reactions to each other. It's like, Tom Cruise is like, uh, I, and, and, <laughs> Rooster's like, what? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> come at me. You know? Like, Tully, can we talk? We've talked a lot about Tom Cruise and a bit about Val Kilmer, as we should, but can we talk about Miles Teller as Rooster? I think that kid pulled out some acting chops. So I've seen Miles Teller a lot, and I know, I mean, he's, um, we've reviewed him before. <laughs> Fantastic um, Four, in, not a great movie. Fantastic Four, um, not a great movie. Uh, but I've seen, and he was also in um, some other movie that's some teen genre um, <laughs> movie, and I can't. I had it in my head a second ago, but it's gone now. So anyway, he he's in other movies that we've reviewed, and I have never really gotten the hype. Like I don't find him very attractive. And he plays a stuck-up jerk very, very well. And so mm-hmm. I kind of believe that he's a stuck-up jerk, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I, coming into this movie, everybody was talking, like, again, he's shirtless. And so everybody on the internet is, like, obsessed. And so I'm like, I don't, I really don't get the appeal. <laughs> I don't think he's that great. I really enjoyed his performance. I because he could have very much been an incredibly unlikable character because, you know, he's mad at Maverick for delaying his um, uh, entrance into flight school. He is uh, admittance into flight school. He is mad at Maverick for, you know, and, and it kind of alludes to the fact that he thinks it's Maverick's fault that his father passed away. Um, And it kind of is, Um, but it's also his father, took on that like went into the mission knowing the the odds you know knowing the risk well it was and, that his dad died during which shocked me 
I expected the dad to die a lot further into the movie and as part of the battle, but it was a training exercise. Yeah. For the battle. So that's even. And, and, and they played it up in the commercials that that was sort of why rooster had a difficult time with Maverick, but you find out as the movie goes on that he has a good relationship with Maverick. He's just, and he has all growing up except for, the fact that he found out that Maverick was the reason he didn't get into flight school. And that is where the tension lies. It doesn't lie in um, him being angry at, uh, because of the situation with his father. And I really like that because there, there is still animosity. Like he doesn't want to trust Maverick and he does bring up, you know, he does use that card of you're my dad trusted you. I'm not going to make the same mistake. And that is, and that is essentially why he refuses to go as fast as Maverick and why he keeps finishing his missions way too slowly um, is because of the caution that he is showing to basically be different than Maverick. You know, like he's just trying to be a little rebellious in that way by not being as rebellious as Maverick, which is such a, it's such a cool dynamic of, character that they that they did there and it could have been an incredibly stupid straightforward spoiled brat you know little like petty grievances type stuff but it wasn't it was very um cleverly done it was rich in they had backstory he was obviously a part of the kid's life you know you see at the beginning of the movie there's a ton of um pictures of things and you see pictures of um the kid growing up you know like and so you you know that they have a relationship he talks about um his uh maverick talks about rooster's mom and the promises that he made like obviously he stayed close to that family and followed um rooster's career and everything like that and they had such a good relationship it was on the rocks and it had been a long time and stuff like that but it was still really just it was just good it was good drama you know (laughs) like there's drama for the sake of being stupid drama but then there's good drama and this was good drama like um it was realistic yeah it was very realistic like you can be mad at your favorite uncle and you can begrudge him and and be annoyed that he's your teacher and you know like and all that stuff and I, I, I don't know. They did it really well. They did relationships really well. Same with the t- team building thing. Like it all comes back to the fact that they just did characters really well. And the story was so simple enough that all of the subtle details that they added for each character really shined. Like you could, you didn't have to be paying ridiculous attention. You know, like you didn't have to be like sitting there with a notebook and analyzing every single shot in order to get, what was going on with each character it was very obvious it was very easy and it just flowed and then it was just a good story and it wasn't you know like um the mission like they didn't name the bad guys because they didn't need to it was not important to the story who the bad guys were it was like the enemy has some lab or base and we need to blow it up (laughs) this is how we're going to blow it up and that was it like that was all that we needed we just needed to know this mission was dangerous and it had to be done exactly right and then once it was done exactly right they still had a dog fight which is um a term for 
exchanging lasers, <laughs> lasers, not lasers, missiles back and forth. And they trained with, the, that's what they were training for with the lasers, um, was the dog, the fight dog battle that they knew that they were going to have to get, get through. And so I, it, yeah, I mean, we talk about storytelling on this podcast all the time because, uh, that's what we do. Like <laughs> I'm a storyteller. Literally that is my only job right now, um, is to be a storyteller and to tell stories on my website and my Patreon and, um, in newspapers and stuff. That's what I do for a living. And that's my passionate, <laughs> that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I love. I love telling stories in all different mediums. And so whenever I find a movie that tells a really good story, like really well, I'm just obsessed with it. And you guys have heard me talk about it for weeks now. And I'm so glad Laura finally saw it um, because I just, I really miss well-told stories. And right now it is so popular to tell stories that aren't worth telling, like, that, that aren't stories. They don't have a beginning, a middle and end. They're just sort of slice of life stories. Um, which is, I mean, if that's what you're into, I'm totally understand and I'm okay with that. That is a, um, a genre, you know, like that's something that certain people enjoy, but I feel like rather than, um, it being a slice of life, uh, genre, it's like take it's like, it's taking over all the genres, like superhero movies are like the middle of the, the story now. And you have to watch 20 movies to really get the story. And, um, uh romances are the same thing where it's like we don't actually have an ending we don't have a happy ending so it's not a true romance it's just you know it's just a romance kind of these people fall in love and then they break up and that's the end of the movie and it and it just kind of doesn't you know doesn't have any satisfaction in it and I've complained about that enough on here so I won't go on but anytime (laughs) that I find a really good story I'm going to talk about it on this podcast because I'm so obsessed with finding really good stories because they're getting less and less uh, popular. So if you guys have a movie or book recommendation, that is just a really good story with a good middle, a good or a good beginning, good middle, good end. That is satisfying, whether it's sad or happy or whatever, as long as it's satisfying and you think it's a great movie or a great story, uh, let us know. And on our uh, Instagram or Facebook or Patreon or YouTube, let us know because I want more good stories in my life. <laughs> it's sad that there's so few and far between. And I really do. We complain a lot about Disney, but it really is a big problem with this is what happens when or people that start off doing really well. I talked about the George Lucas effects. It's happening with Disney and I'm sure some other big is in control of so much right now. They don't really have anyone telling them no. They have no one to say, hey, maybe slow down and work on movies longer so that it has better quality and then release it. Because Maverick, and I I also didn't know this until after I watched Maverick, but it was delayed and delayed and delayed over and over and over again. And people were kind of getting impatient with how often it was getting delayed. And then it was released and everyone said, you know what? Never mind. We're not even mad. Thank you for giving us such a good movie at this time where we feel as though we've gone without. And I think everyone can stand to learn a lesson from that. 
it's okay to take time to make something good and the money and the resources at their fingertips to take the time. It's not as though they're starving artists and they have to put out as much, just put out content, quantity of content until we start quality. They have the time and money and resources to make quality now. And I truly believe they're choosing not to. And it is so incredibly frustrating and the shows and the movies that they're putting out recently i i don't know who exactly is at fault a lot of people i'm sure because it goes through so many putting together a show or a movie especially when it's the big studio it takes thousands of people to put together movies and shows it really does there's so much that goes into it behind the scenes that you don't see. People focus mainly on the actors and sometimes directors, but it really, there's so many people that do that have to work hard to put out entertainment for us. It's a huge, huge, massive industry. And what I see is one, they're not giving people time and resources to do their jobs well. So we don't get stories that are written as well as they could be. It's as though we're getting maybe the first draft, sometimes not even a completed first draft. And everyone who's a, who has ever written anything to finish knows that your first draft is not and should not be your final. It's You get it down and then you edit it and then you edit it and then you it. And it's a, like you said in the podcast, I want to say last week, where the movie there's a movie that you write, the movie you shoot, and the movie you edit. Or at least it should be. Right. And I don't know what Disney is thinking with just putting out as much quantity as possible. So the quality, it's getting to the point people are getting burned out on it. They don't want, and at least I don't, I don't want, I have stopped Marvel and Star Wars for now. I'm not watching any more Marvel or Star Wars content that is coming out for a while I am burned out I'm so sick and tired of it and part of it is because I'm so disappointed in it but also because it's just a lot to be thrown at you even if they were all really great movies I I think I'd ask them to slow down just so I can have time to digest and process each story but I really really highly recommend Top Gun Maverick I think it was last podcast or a podcast before that you recommended movies. This is my recommendation. Top Gun Maverick. There's still some theaters showing it, maybe for another couple of weeks, and then do what I'm going to do and rent out a theater and watch it because it's so worth it. It is so worth it to see the big screen. Or if you have a friend with a ginormous wall and a projector, watch it there. I really can't recommend this movie enough. It's not for little tiny kids. I will say that. They'll probably be bored because they're really tiny. But I'd say easily 12, 13 up is my personal, I think, would get it and be age appropriate. So PG-13. <laughs> yeah, it's PG-13. So 12, 13. Everyone knows their kids diff- uh, and their temperaments and everything, of course. So judge that on your own. But it is PG-13 for good reason. I always try to caution people about movie content because everyone has different parameters for their families, depending on needs and all that stuff. So it's definitely a PG-13 movie. 
for sure. They rated it correctly. It's not, it, and it's not one of those PG-13s that's teetering close to R. It's definitely a PG-13 movie that if they had taken a few things out, it could have been PG. If they had taken just a few things out. So it's, it's, it's well... Rated. It's well rated. <laughs> yeah. It fits. It, and it's not teetering close to rated R. Like I I feel as though a lot of PG thirteen teeter closer to the R rating, which can be hard for parents in different situations. But we have talked about a long time. Please find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. We have the Patreon, Taya Joy Flake. Uh, is it slash Patreon or Patreon slash... Well, if you go on Patreon and search up Taya, jo- Taya Joy Flake, you'll find her. You'll also find your Little Sisters Productions tiers. Patreon. We have two tiers, one for this podcast, one for the YouTube channel, which, as I said, once I have moved and we have a bit more space and time, we are planning on finally being able to do YouTube videos. Please let us know what you think. Please let us know what you think of our thoughts. Let us know anything you want us to, really, in the comments, Facebook, Instagram, or Patreon. And all we check and we respond when we can. I and think that's don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid to disagree with us anytime. If oh, yeah. you hated Maverick, it was a horrible movie, let us know. We are happy to talk about it. If you loved Thor London, love <laughs> if you loved Thor Love and Thunder. Let us know, and we can chat about that. We are happy to chat with anybody who has different views than us. Um, That's what entertainment is for. It's to get people talking and having conversations. So we are, we always preach on this uh, podcast, but we do really want to hear your thoughts. And if your thoughts are different than ours, or you agree with us, we would love to talk about it. Happily, (laughs) happily. Oh yeah, we we're not offended by people who disagree with us. Respectful about it, we really that I'm glad if there was a movie that I dislike that you love, I'm glad that that movie was made for other people to enjoy, even if I don't like it. Yeah. So I'm that's how I view it. So I'm not really offended. So anyway, uh, I'm Taya. I'm Laura. Bye. Bye.